when we wake up every morning, we have the opportunity to focus on the opportunities in our lives or the obstacles. And life is good. We focus on the opportunities. There's a revolution taking place right now. Talent and intelligence are equally distributed throughout the world, but opportunity is not. The talent economy, the idea that at the center of work is the talent, is the individual. The way we work has changed forever and highly skilled talent is demanding flexibility around the way they work and the way they live. This podcast brings together thought leaders, staffing experts, and top talent to talk about the evolving nature of work and how companies can navigate these changes to remain competitive, drive innovation, and ensure success. Welcome to the Talent Economy Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Labby, Chief People Officer at TopTel. For 28 years, Life is Good has been creating positivity-themed apparel, such as shirts featuring their happy-go-lucky stick figure Jake, and cheerful slogans like, today is a good day. While any day can be a good day, it wasn't always perfect for the clothing retailer. In 1994, brothers Bert and John Jacobs had only $78 to their names after struggling to get a foothold in the t-shirt business for half a decade. Everything changed when they designed their first Life is Good shirt that year. They sold out in 45 minutes. The popular apparel line has since channeled what they call a culture of optimism to countless customers through their online store and 4,500 retail stores. Life is Good's self-stated mission to spread the power of optimism isn't just a marketing angle. It influenced every part of their brand from company culture to philanthropy. Today's guest, Tom Hassel, is the president of Life is Good. He oversees all aspects of the business, from HR to finance, sales, marketing, and more. Tom has spent over a decade as an executive in the clothing industry, including serving as VP of Ann Taylor and VP of e-commerce at Life is Good prior to his current position as president. I'm excited to hear how he's helped grow the company's iconic culture. Tom, I'm so happy to have you on the show today. In the spirit of life is good, I want to kick off our conversation by asking you to tell me something good. Sure thing. Well, my oldest daughter was home for college this weekend, and after kind of a rough first semester away from home, it was so great to hear about all the new friends that she has and about the sorority that she's joined. So life is good with my daughter at college. How about with you, Michelle? Well, I will go on the children theme. Um, My son is graduating from University of New Hampshire and got into all five of the grad schools that he applied to. So um, we are going to look at them next week because he has a very quick turnaround time. Oh, that's amazing news. I'm very happy for you and your son. Yes. So life is good. Yes. That's right. Definitely. Definitely. When our kids are happy, we're happy. Absolutely. (laughs) Completely agree. I know that feeling very well. So Life is Good is a Boston-based company through and through, right? So founders Bert and John Jacobs Mm -hmm. are from the city, and Life is Good is headquartered in Boston. How does that city's culture contribute to the brand? Boston is perfect for Life is Good. Uh, One aspect of Life is Good that's important is the brand celebrates simple pleasures. And Boston has something for everyone. If you're a sports fan, you have the Celtics and the Bruins and the Red Sox right there. You've got miles of waterfront to take in the water and boats, beaches and mountains are an easy drive away. You've got live music playing all the time. And our employees enjoy all that the area has to offer and bring their stories 
into the workplace in part by sharing something good. And we just moved our corporate headquarters down to a street level location in the seaport that comes with a retail store. So I'm happy to say that we're going to be opening a retail and coffee shop so that we can invite our seaport neighbors into our new space. And the last reason why Boston is so perfect for us is it's a short drive away from New Hampshire where we are building a state-of-the-art factory and fulfillment center, and we're going to be consolidating the operations of four buildings under one roof within the year, and we're very excited about that. So Boston is an amazing place to serve as the home of life is good. So you have been in the retail industry as an executive for quite a while now, over 13 years. So how did you get into apparel? What attracted you to that? Let's see. In college, I studied English literature, focused on the Renaissance. I was simultaneously prepared for anything and nothing in particular, and I had no idea what I wanted to do. But I did know that I wanted to be in a dynamic industry. So in my senior year, I uh, researched all kinds of different industries, but it wasn't until I applied to be an assistant buyer at the Hex department stores, now part of Macy's, uh, that I found the energy and excitement that I was looking for. But as I uh, walked through the hallways of the Hex department stores, I felt this snap, crackle, and pop of spontaneous conversations happening, and I was hooked, and I haven't looked back since. That's amazing. Because the the apparel industry has can be a roller coaster at sometimes. It's evolved over the years tremendously. So how have you seen that grow and change, especially with social media? I mean, every day on anything I'm on Instagram, it's like, buy this, here of this brand, this new thing. So when I started in 1993, mobile phones were the size of briefcases. Email was a curiosity used by government agencies. And I think that the <laughs> internet and e-commerce may have existed at that point, but it's certainly, I wasn't on my radar and no companies that I was aware of were utilizing either. So to say that things have changed have been an understatement, but most of the changes have been evolutionary, not revolutionary. E-commerce is amazing. I love e-commerce, but it is essentially a fancy catalog and catalogs have been around for a hundred years. But when social media emerged, that was revolutionary because up until that point, brands and retailers had been uh, pushing information out one direction to their customers. And now we are engaging in real-time public discourse, two-way conversations with our customers, which is amazing because we are able to be far more consumer-centric now than we were in the past. And we, like many companies, are inviting our customers in to help co-author our brand story because it's better for us and them to do so. So yes, things have changed dramatically, but for the better. So your two founders, Bert and John, are chief executive optimists. I love how the, the titles of folks in your company have, have um, all positive spins on it. How would you describe their leadership style? So they are amazing. Uh, they formulated the core beliefs of the Life is Good Company at a very early age. And those beliefs are that Optimism is the most powerful tool to live a happy and fulfilling life, that business is the most powerful tool to solve social problems, and that art is the most powerful tool to unite and inspire people. 
And when coupling those core beliefs with the life is good art and message, Burton John created an incredibly sturdy framework on which to build the business that has stood the test of time. And it is more relevant now than ever. And they continue to lead in this manner uh, to this day. They set the vision for the company and then give the team amazing latitude to operate uh, within that vision. Clearly, company culture is part of any company's DNA. I mean, we we have our cultural attributes on our website as well. We, t- you know, we show them so that people are like, you know, we walk the walk and talk the talk. This isn't something that we just put up there and pretend like these are our cultural values. How do you maintain your optimistic culture throughout all levels of the company? I think you call your cultural attributes superpowers. Is that correct? We do. So culture always starts at the top. And so thankfully, we're led by to authentically optimistic folks. Now to help that culture uh, trickle down throughout the organization, uh, we have some practices uh, like sharing something good at the beginning of meetings and allowing employees to take extra days off beyond their PTO to do the charitable work uh, of their choice. Uh, We also encourage the practice of using specific phrases to help keep you in an optimistic mindset. And I'll give you an example. You know, we often say things in daily life like we have to go to the grocery store. And if you step back for a moment and you think about a modern American grocery store, it is nothing short of a miracle. We have products, fresh food flown in from all over the world. I can get organic blueberries 365 days a year, which is just amazing. We are so blessed. We get to go to the grocery store. We don't have to go to the grocery store. So something as simple as making the switch from have to to get to can keep you in an optimistic mindset and can go a long way. Now, as far as superpowers are concerned, that's what we call our Uh, core values. And uh, they're mouthful, but they are fun, authenticity, love, simplicity, compassion, courage, creativity, openness, and gratitude. And all of those are rooted in optimism. And we believe that if you practice those values, uh, that you will live a happier and more fulfilling life. How do you make sure that that trickles down to your retail level employees as well. And do you, you know, do you interview? So for instance, at TopTel, we have a cultural interview. That's the final interview that somebody mm-hmm. goes through so that they can talk to somebody that has nothing to do with the the role that they're applying for, the department, just to really get a take on like, what's the culture really like? What can I expect? So how do you make sure you're hiring those folks, you know, not just in the corporate world, but all the way at all the stores as well. Not to dodge the question, but 47 of the 48 Life is Good stores are independently owned and operated. So we give uh, the tools and the brand assets to the owners who we love, and we have uh, sort of a franchise relationship with them. And so we show them the benefits of leading in an optimistic manner and trust and hope that they uh, undertake the same practices uh, that we do. We've just recently uh, moved into the retail store space ourselves and opened our first store in La Jolla, San Diego, just three months ago, which is great. 
And we took the same approach to hiring those employees as we take to hire our corporate employees. Uh, so we certainly adjust our job application to give people the freedom to show uh, their superpowers by asking very simple questions along the lines of, uh, what is it about the life is good company that attracted you to this role? And we read the answers to those questions with as much care and interest as we read the individual's resume. And you can tell really quickly if somebody's just mailing it in or if they really know about what life is good stands for and really wants to be part of the team. And that by the time someone is in an interview, there's a pretty good chance that they're going to be a good fit for our culture. So I'm very intrigued by this next question because the head of HR, which I don't use the head, I don't use the HR term either. I'm a chief people officer because yeah. HR is a little antiquated to me. Um, yeah. But that person's title is head of optimistic people. So yeah. I would love to hear about what that role looks like. And, you know, how does, what, what does the traditional HR team do that's different from a normal or historic HR team? Sure. Well, as you alluded, we feel that VP of HR is a little clinical for our culture. So we chose something different, but the team does more than the typical uh, benefits and payroll and, and training. They're first off uh, in charge of our onboarding process, which we call Power Up, and they ensure that all new employees are properly inculcated into our culture and meet all of the relevant people so that they're not just uh, diving into the work straight away. And they're in charge of things that occur throughout the year, like our uh, days of gratitude during the holidays, where we both surprise and delight our employees with little gifts on various days. And we also treat them to lunches that are uh, served by different departments. So it's a great way for the company to show its gratitude to everybody for all their hard work throughout the year. So that's a way that the head of optimistic people and the team uh, ensure that the gratitude goes round and people stay optimistic. So I, I also read, I think that on your site, you mentioned some employee programs that exemplify the culture of optimism. You have an all company superpower lunch. Yes. So uh, we already talked about what the superpowers are. Uh, one of our founders, John, holds an impromptu uh, brown bag lunch on Thursdays that all are welcome to join. There is no work talk allowed. People share things from their lives. They talk about things they've read, things they've seen. And it's a great way for people to make connections outside of your typical work talk. And for the hours after work, we have a tavern in our headquarters uh, and it is very well used <laughs> and it is a great way to form additional connections over a beer or a glass of wine. That's awesome. I understand the happiness and the positivity. Not everybody can always be positive and happy. So I'm sure that there can be some rotten apples in the bunch that get through or turn negative or, you know, I think you call it toxic, toxic positivity. Yeah. Toxic positivity is definitely a thing and it's a very bad thing at that. So uh, pretending that everything is great all the time is first and foremost, not authentic. 
Um, but it also invalidates the human experience and leads to a very dark place. That life is good. We embrace the fact that life isn't easy. Life isn't perfect. Life is good. When we wake up every morning, we have the opportunity to focus on the opportunities in our lives or the obstacles. And life is good. We focus on the opportunities. And that's very different than toxic positivity. We like to think of ourselves as rational optimists. Love that. We do a happiness survey every other month. And I've said to people, they're like, okay, well, I'll, I'll give a 10. I'm like, if you're not feeling a 10 today, you can give it nine. You can give an eight. Just yeah. tell me, tell me what's going to get you to a 10. You know, I don't, right. don't, don't be phony. I want to hear like, I wouldn't ask if I didn't want to hear the truth. So share with me how we can make things better. So, you know, I, I, I love that. So if you're 47 or your 48 stores are in the U.S., I believe. Yes. But you are expanding into Europe. So are you going to have stores there? Are you going to sell? I think you're going to sell through Amazon. We hope to expand far beyond this initial first step because we think that optimism is for everyone and that our brand will resonate around the world. Uh, it is our first step outside uh, the U.S. And so we thought long and hard about how we would approach that. And we found that Amazon offers a pretty easy gateway to other countries in that they will house and fulfill our orders for us while we still have control over the business and the marketing of it. So uh, we decided to launch with them. And if it goes well, which I expect it will, then we will evaluate whether to create local websites, potentially open a distribution center over there, open stores. You know, we'll put one foot in front of the other, but this has been a really great first step for us. Well, 75, roughly 75% of the top core team members are based outside of the U.S. We will be spreading the life is good word and joy. Fantastic. Good luck to everybody. So you all have really unique yet iconic products as a core part of your brand. And you consistently mm -hmm. release new designs. Who's coming up with all these creative um, slogans and how do you attract that talent to help bolster the brand? Sure. So we've had a core group of artists who have been with us for well over a decade. And they work with our founder, Bert, to uh, come up with the uh, concepts. Uh, we also have a team that's comprised of the business units and the social media team and the marketing team to help determine what art uh, we should create next based on what's resonating uh, with consumers. Now, as we've grown, uh, in addition to that core group of artists who have been with us for a long time, we've added quite a few freelancers and we give them concepts and a message and an art style that we want them to design into. And those who do a good job get more work. And we recently brought on board full time one of those freelancers. And I expect that we will continue to do that as we move forward. Do you take input from your employees? I take credit for no ideas, but <laughs> I will say that we have a Google Doc that employees contribute to all the time, and it is reviewed regularly so that we bubble up good ideas because good ideas come from everywhere. I want to talk a little bit about philanthropy and the community. So I know that Life is Good donates 10% of its proceeds to the Playmaker Project. So can you mm -hmm. share a little more about that? 
Sure. So Bert and John were intent uh, from the very beginning on building a purpose-driven brand. So a few years after the founding of Life is Good, they partnered with the uh, charity that is now known as the Life is Good Playmaker Project. The idea was then and still is today that the good people at the Playmaker Project can focus all of their energies on helping kids while the for-profit side of the business takes care of all the financial needs of the charity. And by donating 10% of net profits uh, to the project. So as our for-profit business grows, we're able to help by extension more kids. So it's a win-win. So I know you had said earlier that you give um, your employees extra time off to do volunteer. So is that, is it with this Playmaker project, or are they volunteer at other local charities, or or what does that you know program look like for your employees? So it can be anything they choose. So it can be something like Habitat for Humanity, for example. And so uh, they don't even have to get approval for it. They just need to uh, let us know that they want to take some time off to do that work. And some people choose to help out with the Playmaker Project, but uh, they also help on an ongoing basis just as part of their day job because we are an integrated model and work together. Great. I know you often receive letters from customers who find strength and wisdom in the Life is Good brand. Can you tell me about a particular story that moved you? Oh, sure thing. So we received a letter just last month from a young woman named Bridget who enclosed a photograph of her forearm that was freshly adorned with a life is good tattoo. And there was a very touching story uh, behind it. Both she and her sister got the same tattoo at the same time uh, to pay homage to their beloved aunt who had unfortunately passed after a battle with cancer. And their aunt was a big life is good fan. And every time she came to town, she took the girls to the local life is good store and hook them up with life is good uh, gear. And she also uh, was wont to say, do what you love and love what you do as advice uh, to the girls. And that's one of our big phrases. And so uh, to pay respect to their aunt, they decided to uh, get a life is good tattoo. And it just, it's very touching that the brand reaches people on such a level that they would you know, get a permanent tattoo uh, to commemorate a loved one. I love that. You know, Life is Good has hundreds of designs and slogans. I keep thinking about, I think it's the daisy. Is there any particular design that resonates with you? We have many designs that incorporate the uh, keep it simple um, message. I'm wearing one right now. And I think that's a terrific reminder to all of us that no matter what you're working on, simplicity can make things better. We have so much digital clutter in our minds uh, from this modern world that doing something simple like having a slice of pizza and enjoying a beer with friends and family can clear that away and allow you to live in the moment. And I think, you know, it resonates with me because we started this. I told you I had recently moved to Florida. I just, Mm -hmm. I don't like the cold weather. And someone said to me, how's it going? I'm like, life is good. I walk out my door every morning. I see sun and clouds and palm trees. Like I have nothing to complain about. 
And you can wear a t-shirt to match your mood and your interest. Yes, from life is absolutely. I am an avid reader. Um, so I usually ask my guests if there's any books that have positively impacted their leadership or things that you recommend to teammates or other folks, something that really had an impact on you. Does anything come to mind? Absolutely. Uh, a book by the name of The Advantage by Patrick Lencioni. It's such a perfect match for the life is good culture. It stresses the importance of being healthy as an organization, which can be achieved by having a cohesive leadership team and creating clarity through simplicity. Uh, Mr. Lencioni encourages all companies to answer six simple questions and fit those answers on one sheet of paper that's critical and to use that uh, as the basis for your strategic planning. It's called the playbook. And uh, we do follow this and it works. Okay, I'm putting it on my Amazon list right now. Yeah, I've never heard of that. It's a great book. This has been a great conversation. I love your brand. So I'm so happy to have you on this podcast. So oh, thank you. I would love to wrap up with one final question for you. What has been your proudest moment as a leader? A big part of having a healthy organization is creating a safe space so that uh, people can admit freely when something they've tried doesn't work. Uh, in this era, era of rapidly changing technology, we get to try new things all the time, which is super exciting, but not all of them work. So whenever someone raises their hand and says, I tried X, Y, or Z, and it bombed, it makes me proud that I've in a small way helped uh, maintain a culture where people can own it without recrimination and move on to the next great idea. Yep. Admitting failure is hard, but it's it's gratifying when you're in a, in the comfort zone to be able to do that for folks. So a hundred a hundred percent. Yeah. Well, Tom Hassel, president of Life is Good, thanks so much for sharing your time, insights, and optimism today. It's been a fantastic conversation. Oh, thank you. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to The Talent Economy. I'm your host, Michelle Labby. You can find much more information about The Talent Economy on staffing.com and toptel.com slash insights. Hubs for bold, comprehensive content featuring business thought leaders and authoritative research focused on the future of work. 